What's up, Dream Builder? Welcome back to the show. My name is Casanova Brooks, and I'll be your host where we talk all things personal development, real estate, and crypto, specifically Drip Network. So in today's show, we're going to talk about what are my top five financial tips that I could give anybody. Now, when I first heard that even the community wanted me to put out there, what are the principles that I've lived by? Um, obviously, it was something that I never really thought of myself in that form in the beginning. And the reason being is because I come from no financial literacy. Now, here's what I say, because I always got to preface it before I get too deep into my story, is that my mom and my grandma, which is who really raised me, in combination of some other distant family members and, and my, uh, and not distant now, but I'm just saying like cousins and things like that. My mom and my grandma definitely raised me. And then my, my uncle, uh, also tried to, you know, step in to be that father figure in my life in ways that he could, but he didn't, when I was growing up in Chicago in the city, he lived outside of the city. So an hour and a half, and he would try to come and get us on the weekends and whatnot. But even when we moved to Sioux City, he stayed in Chicago. So again, I didn't really grow up with anybody being able to teach me the the ropes when it came to financial freedom. So for me, when somebody was like, man, what are the tips that you live by for investing? How have you been able to obviously turn these dreams on financial freedom into a reality? I really, I, it took me back for a second to be like, yo, who am I to give any type of tips on financial freedom or anything. But then as I really started to look at my story, as I really started to look at how was I able to provide any type of value to somebody else, uh, I looked at the things that I've accomplished and I had principles. I still have principles of what I live by. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about what are those principles. Now, uh, if you are listening at this through the podcast, you know, I would encourage you to go check out the YouTube channel because then you'll be able to see any visuals, anything that I say you know, that you maybe want to see some insight on. But I think for this episode in particular, a lot of the things you'll be able to at least grasp the concept. And so we're going to kind of jump right into it. And we're going to talk about Well, first off, let me tell you this, I am not a financial advisor. And I feel the reason why I feel like I have to say this because people get crazy. Like I've had people that have texted me, I've had people that have reached out and be like, hey, you said to do this. And it just really makes you to think about like, man, people are really putting a lot of information and weight on the things that you say. So I want to make sure that people know, you know, I'm not a financial advisor. There is always risk that comes with any investment, no matter what investment that you're doing, but you have to take some type of risk in life because otherwise, if there's no risk, we all know that there's no reward. So do your own research, make sure that you're investing financially uh, responsibly, right? But I do believe that you have to take a risk as long as it is a calculated one. So if you're watching this right now on YouTube or wherever else, what I want to ask you is hit that subscribe button, hit that bell notification, um, and leave a comment below on anything that you would like to add to it or any questions that you have, because this lets me know that the community is engaging and lets me know that I'm on the right path of trying to do what I can to empower other people to go out and live a life by their design and just giving them the information that I've learned and the principles that I apply to my day-to-day -day basis. Um, so with that being said, let's go ahead and let's jump right into it. So what is number one well when it comes to financial investments of any kind I think the first thing of what I've learned is you have to control your emotions right so I always call it triple c and I first learned this probably five six years ago as I really started to dig into Tom Brady right so he just retired the goat when it comes to football but the thing that I always loved about Tom Brady was he always stayed triple c and if you're wondering what triple c is it's cool 
calm and collected, right? You see so much of the time, there's so many people that when they invest even $100, they freak out if that $100 turns down to $80 or $70. Like they think that the world of investing is only supposed to go up and to the right. And we got to know that that's not the case, right? You look at Tesla, you look at Apple, you look at Facebook, you look at any of these companies, they go through ebbs and flows, right? They go through a wave. And so I think that a lot of people, they got to understand that there is waves to be gone through. And if you are not prepared for those waves emotionally, it can crush you. Right. And that's something that I learned. And so even let, like, like right now, let's take a look and we'll look at the let's go over here and, and let's look at the um, the S&P 500. Right. So the S&P 500 right now, if you look at it, most people would say, oh, my God, it's down right now. It's it's like crazy. The world is falling apart. Right. Like there's a war going on. And, and granted, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of devastation right now when you turn on the news, when you're looking at the markets, things like that. But if we can look at the bigger picture, let's zoom out. So instead of one day, instead of five days, let's look at year to date. Right. So year to date, it is down. Right. Because I guess 4,700, but we are only what three at this time. We're three months in. Right. But let's look at the last year. Right. So if we look at last year, this time, the S&P 500 was at thirty eight hundred and twenty one dollars and thirty five cents. Today, it's at. Forty one hundred. So it's green overall. You're up if you just look at the last 12 months, if you zoom out. Now, let's look at the last five years. Five years ago today, on March 10th, it was twenty three hundred. Today, it is again, we just said forty one hundred. You've almost doubled what the S&P is doing right now over the last five years. So again, when we're looking at it long term, we got to be able to control our emotions. At the end of the first quarter, you can't freak out. And that first quarter could mean one week. It could mean three months. It could mean 12 months. You got to be able to understand, okay, I'm in this thing for the long term. I'm not looking to get rich overnight. That's why I invest it responsibly. Let's also go and let's look at the Dow, right? Let's look at the Dow, Dow Jones today. Right. And let's look at this. So if we look at a five year out, right, the Dow was at twenty thousand nine hundred. This was five years ago. Today, it's at thirty two thousand eight forty two. So, again, when you look at it, if you you're up right su substantially over the past five years, Right. Um, and, and this is the way that I always look at everything. That's the same way that I look at real estate. When we're talking about on a real estate investment, I'm not looking, I'm looking at the cash flow and making sure that it cash flows, but I'm not even looking for the appreciation because I know that eventually, even if the market does crash or have a correction over the next one to two to three years, I know that real estate is always going to come back up. And the same way, if you look at the financial markets, you know that it'll always come back up. So for you, what you have to understand is, you know, it's going to rain. And when it rains, it will pour. Same thing in life, right? You're going to take some L's. But what you got to be understanding is at the end of the day, can I really weather this storm? And if the answer is yes, then you know that you'll be okay, right? But that's if you were built for this, right? You're not going to build yourself in the times of chaos. You're going to prepare yourself before the chaos comes. So when it comes, you then have your mantra of you're like, listen, I told myself, right? It's the same thing on the success side. Like I think uh, 
Nipsey Hussle said, he said, I owe myself. I told myself back then that I would do this, right? Like y'all could say it's luck, but I know that it's planning, right? And so that that's a huge thing for me of what I always look at. So number one is I know that I got to control my emotions. Number two, I always go in with some type of a strategy or an end in mind. Think about real estate, for example. For me, when I go in and I'm looking at I'm going to flip a house or if I'm looking at whatever it might be, I'm looking at it as what is my exit strategy? What am I trying to accomplish here? Because if I know that, okay, I want to get an investment property. Okay, well, what do I want to do with that investment property and why do I want it? Do I want $25,000 in the next three months? Well, if I want $25,000 in the next three months, most likely I'm not going to get that out of rent. Right? I don't care how high your rent is, you're not going to get that as far as a profit. But if I know that that's what I need to do, I need 25000 so then I can have a vacation or I need 25000 so then I can use it for whatever I want, buy a new car or whatever I want to do, then that means that I know that at the end of the day, I probably need to flip a house. So this thinking with the end in mind, starting with the end in mind, it tells me what my roadmap should be. Now, if you just jump into any type of investing and you don't know why you need this investment, what are you trying to accomplish? You don't have a goal. It's going to be very hard for you to know, are you winning or are you losing in this investment? And then when you get to the end, you'll be unprepared because you didn't already have a strategy and a goal set out. Now, number three is I track everything. Now, everybody tracks in a multitude of different ways. Some people are old school. They just like Excel spreadsheets or maybe they've become a little bit more modernized and they'd like to use Google spreadsheets now. Or some people, they use budgeting apps like mint.com or you need a budget. The bottom line is it does not matter what you're tracking on. All that matters is that you are tracking. If you don't know what your money is going into or how your money's coming out, it's hard for you to know what you're bringing in and it's hard for you to be able to know, are you profiting every month or are you losing every month? Now, again, you can take risks with this and you could say, okay, this is why it's easier, in my opinion, to create like a stop loss, right? Because you can know, okay, I'm supposed to be having a you know, 5% month over month gain, right? But then you know that in the first month you lose 5%. You're like, okay, well now not only did I not make 5%, but I'm down 5%. So now I'm negative 10%. So then it's easier for you to know, okay, over the last three months, if that happened three months in a row, I'm down 30%, right? So then it's easier to create a stop loss. So for me, as I track things, I always look at it as to say, okay, I know that even if I'm investing using other people's money, which is always something that I try try to do, whether it's the bank's money, whether it's a credit card's money, um, it doesn't matter. I try to use other people's money. And that means that I have to be even more cautious because obviously when you're using someone else's money, that also comes with what? Interest, right? So they're going to want money on their money. So I always try to make sure that that next investment that I make, right, that I'm weighing out the pros plus the cons. I understand the financial risk, but I also have to be even more diligent on making sure that I can turn a profit on that because if not, I'm going to have to pay even more interest the longer that I have the money out. So I always like to track those things. What's crazy about it is when we first started doing the daycare, um, I had to, when this was two and a half years ago before obviously the pandemic and everything else happened. But for me, I had to create a business plan, which obviously I didn't know what a, a daycare's business plan should look like, but I got that created. And I had to also give a forecast on the financial numbers. And at that time, I, I, cause I am somebody who I love to look at numbers. So at that time, I really didn't know 
uh, what that was going to look like. But I forecasted the numbers out. So when I say I didn't know what that was going to look like, I didn't know if they were going to be right or wrong. But anyway, so now fast forward and we just purchased, you know, that building and now we're building out another daycare. So I had to forecast a couple of the times. But this also allowed me to look back at that first forecast. And when I tell you my numbers were pretty spot on and I couldn't have obviously accounted for a pandemic nine months after we opened. Uh, but my numbers are pretty spot on. And that's something that Julie and I, you know, always laugh about now. But again, I'm somebody who I like to look at numbers. I like to forecast. I like to be on the conservative side, right? You don't want to look at anything of, oh, 100% occupancy. Even if you're doing an Airbnb or something, I always like to look on the conservative side to say, okay, yeah, if we get 100% occupancy on a daily rate, here's what we should bring in gross that month, right? And then here's our net should be. But I like to always scale it down and say, okay, well, let's look at this from a 75%. We know we should be able to do 75% because our numbers really look like we wouldn't do it if we couldn't do at least 90, but let's look at 75%. And if those numbers are still profiting for you, then you know, you probably have a pretty good investment. If you do all the things that you said you were going to do to try to get that up the occupancy up or whatever else it might be. So I'm always tracking those numbers. So that's what I would tell you. You've got to be willing to track your numbers. All right, now number four. Number four is something that I didn't probably learn until four months ago. Uh, or I'm sorry, not four months ago. That would be, I would have been riding on a lot of luck. But I would probably say four years ago. And this was after I read the book, uh, Cash Flow Quadrants. And this was by Robert Kiyosaki. He first wrote the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But what this really taught me is that I had to pay myself first. If you don't understand about taxes and paying yourself first and, and taking control of your your final destiny or your financial destination, I can tell you that you're going to probably be in a lot of trouble in the end because of the fact that you'll find that you're letting people make interest on your money and you're the one who's paying the price for this. So what that means is even if you can set up a 401k, if you could set up an IRA, any type of retirement account or any type of account where you can pay that, so pay that money to yourself. So some people, they like to use, um, life insurance, like, cash flow life insurance where they can then pay that money to their life insurance policy and then borrow against it. Now, again, I'm not a financial advisor, but I would tell you to talk to somebody who is specialized in that, right? There's terms like be your own bank and you could also do your own research on it, right? As in there's YouTube channels, there's podcasts, there's a lot of ways, but you have to understand two things in the financial world, which I think is, has made me a ton of money. Number one, understanding the value of compound interest, understanding the value of starting early and allowing that to compound. Number two, understanding that, again, it's very important that I, one, pay myself first, but two, be able to have a team around me who are a lot smarter than me. That means having a very good CPA. That means having a very good financial advisor. And if you're not comfortable with somebody else managing your money, at least start to do your own research, read these books, things like that, where you can be at least educated enough to have conversations with people who are very financially literate. So those two things were huge for me. And then also understanding the power of compound interest, which is so, so important. And that really just comes with understanding you want to start investing early rather than later because the power of time compounding will work in your favor. Even if you then have 10 times the income 10 years later, you're still going to be behind that person who didn't have that 10 times the income but started sooner. So again, look up, and I think it's Ben and Arthur, if you're not familiar with it. You could see Dave Ramsey. A lot of people have talked about this. But when I understood that that principle, 
that has allowed me to really exponentially grow my income and my wealth. And then last but definitely not least, uh, diversify your portfolio. Now, for a lot of people, they when they first start investing, they're thinking, oh, I got to do a 401k because that's investing. And then they get a little bit more and they say, hey, you know what? Maybe I could do stocks and bonds, right? Mutual funds. And all of those things are very, very important to building out a holistic portfolio. I would definitely agree. But also make sure that you're trying to take some risks that are calculated on the crypto side or the NFT side because what we all find is that we miss the opportunity to get in at the ground level. Why? Because it seems risky. But more importantly, we have to understand that everything is risky. But if you take a calculated risk, so what that means is maybe you might only have $100 to invest as opposed to $10,000 to invest. But that $100 can maybe turn you into, you know, $200. Now, obviously, that's 100% return or uh, return on your investment. But what I'm saying is you might not get there overnight, but as long as you start soon, that's going to allow you to get the education. If you got the education, it's a lot easier for you to then feel like that you're making safe and intelligent financial decisions. So for me, it was understanding I had to diversify. And that's the reason why for anybody who's been following me these last couple of weeks, last couple of months, I've been talking a lot about not only the crypto space in general, but specifically drip network. And if you are interested in Drip Network, you can watch any of my videos that I've already put on it, or you can join the Telegram group so you can start to get a little bit more educated on it. But it's something that I'm very much uh, a believer in because of the fact that every single day I'm getting 1% re return on my investment. And it's something that I'm seeing working. And remember, if you don't take any reward, if you don't take any risk, there's no reward. So for me, it's a risk that I was willing to take. And uh, so far it's paid off. But again, I'm not a financial advisor, I'll tell you to do your research, but it's something that I think that everybody should be putting, even if you can only put in, you know, a hundred dollars, right? Everybody has a hundred dollars that they can put in. Most people do. It all depends on where you're spending your money. Now, again, if you choose to go spend it on video games or even eating and things like that, will that give you a return on your investment? Because if you don't like where you are now, you have to do something different so you can get to a different spot 12 months from now. So that's the risk that I've been willing to take. And drip is definitely the, the one that I'm most confident in. And uh, it's something that I'm proud to be able to tell my community about. So those are the tips that I would leave you with uh, again, if you've gotten anything out of this, if you are watching on YouTube, do me a favor, click that subscribe button and drop a comment below. Let me know. Is there anything that you, you know, wish that you would have known when you were younger? Is there anything you feel like I missed out on that I didn't talk about? Because that's the whole purpose of this. It's turning dreams into a reality, but we got to have principles that we live by. And more importantly, we got to take action. All right, guys. So that's all for this one. Hopefully you got some value. If you have hit me with a like, if you're listening to this, leave a review. Remember though, in the dream we trust, but we got to take action. If you don't take action, that dream that you have, and we all have a dream, it'll only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.